almost all his life. And he can say it. I try to say it and I sound like an idiot. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. So my guest today is Steph Forer of the website Eat, Drink, Travel, Ya All. And if that doesn't give you a clue that this is all about Washington, the y'all, which I can't even say. I just can't. <laughs> I have a friend from uh, who grew up in New Orleans and, and he's lived in Washington State almost all his life. And he can say it. I try to say it and I sound like an idiot. So Steph... <laughs> Steph, I'm going to ask you to give me a little bit of background because we're going to go in three different directions here. First off, you're from Alabama. Yes, I'd like I to am. hear a little bit about that. Then you went to Seattle. So I'd yes. like to hear some about that. And then we got Walla Walla. So we're going to talk there too. So why don't you introduce yourself? And then how about, how did you go from Alabama to Seattle? What was the, what was that journey? Yeah. So, well, thanks for having me, Scott. I'm so excited to, to be on the podcast today. Um, so I moved from Alabama to Seattle in 2013. Um, really the, the catalyst there was a, was a divorce, was a, was the okay. end of, was the end of something. And I wanted to start over. I got in my car. I knew I wanted to be in the West coast. That was just after my 28th birthday. I had never really wanted to be in Alabama for my whole life, but there was always a job, a boy, just bought a home. You know, there was always something keeping me there. And um, when my marriage ended, got married early, um, really, really young and, um, you know, left at 28, also pretty young, got in my car, drove west, had, had a friend in Tacoma, had a friend in LA, had a friend in San Francisco, and I just knew I'm going west, I'm going to the west coast. I didn't even know where I was going when I left, and um, Tacoma ended up being the first place I landed. Uh, spent a few weeks there, um, flew down to LA, spent a couple months there with some friends. Um, actually thought I might move to Los Angeles for a little while, realized I didn't really like Los Angeles. Um, it is beautiful and sunny, but the traffic is horrible. And I, I flew back up to Seattle where my car was with another friend of mine after I spent some time in LA. And this was in October, uh, late October of 2013. And I just stepped off the plane and I just knew that Seattle was my new home. I didn't really, I didn't know anyone in the city. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a place to live. Um, but I had some savings. Um, I'd recently finished my master's degree in Alabama while I was working previously uh, in nonprofits, mostly in development and some public relations. Um, and I had started to get into social media back in Alabama because my ex-husband was a, a very talented woodworker and he was one of the first uh one of the first people to really attack the Etsy platform, if you're familiar with Etsy selling, mm -hmm. and I ran all his social media. So that's how I kind of got, again, as I said, I have a master's in marketing, but when I was in school, they didn't have social media classes. Now you can go take analytic social media classes, content creation, social media. You can major in social media now at many schools, which is very cool. Um, but I just got, you know, experience in it, uh, kind of running the, the businesses that he was doing on Etsy at the time. Instagram was not even a thing. This was probably 2008, nine. Um, so it was, you know, Facebook and Twitter were king. And so 
anyways, when I got to Seattle, I was looking for a job and, um, I had kind of a weird uh, professional background having worked in nonprofits and was trying to transfer over to like an Amazon or Starbucks. You know, I thought I'd go into something more in tech with, you know, what I, you know, what I had studied in school and um, was having, again, a little bit of trouble finding a job right away. And I was I was sitting at a restaurant, uh, Bonds 1000 Spirits in downtown Seattle. The owner was sitting down beside me with his accountant and his manager, and we started chatting, and they needed help with their social media, and I said, oh, sure, I could do this. Look at all the, the social media I've done for, you know, showed my ex-husband's businesses. They were super impressed. We started working together, um, thought that would be a, a part-time thing while I was, you know, until I found a job, but it actually led to just more work. Um, started working with other restaurants, Plus uh, Pagal and Pike Place Market. Um, and then that led to a job with a company called the Where to Eat Guide, um, which was uh, a popular pub publication. Um, I think they're all digital now, but worked with them for about two and a half, three years. They were in multiple cities in the Northwest and got to travel, really introduced me to a lot of different restaurants because they worked with you know anywhere from 50 to 80 restaurants in all the markets they were in so it was just a great way for me to connect with the restaurant community in the northwest from seattle to portland to napa to bend um and so kind of freelancing as a social media specialist uh became my full-time job um i consider myself a writer uh by really at my core that that's what I love to do. That's what I'm good at. That's what I can I always fall back is I can sit down and I can, I can write something that I feel like is, is very readable for, for, for people. That's just what I feel very comfortable doing. I was not a photographer. Um, I used to have friends in Seattle that did photography that would come in and help me shoot with clients. Um, shout out. Thank you, Jason Trinkle for helping me do that for, for the first year and a half. And then finally in 2000, I think early 2015, I picked up a camera. I just ordered the, the, the basic, um, you know, the starter DSLR for 500 bucks. Um, and I just started shooting and, um, that's, that's where my photography, that's where my photography started. And so spent almost eight years, seven, seven and a half ish years in Seattle, living downtown, um, a couple blocks from Pike Place Market, which I loved, worked with some incredibly talented chefs and restaurants, um, you know, lots of names that you would know, worked with Pike Place Market, visit Seattle, uh, worked with Adana and Chef Shodanakajima, worked with a beloved restaurant, Kincho, and um and, and Belltown that's no longer there, worked with some breweries, some wineries, had a really, just had a wonderful time doing social media uh, consulting, started getting, you know, as I was working on the back end of social media, helping restaurants and businesses. Um, this is kind of when influencers became a big thing. I was very taken with that and started, you know, kind of sharing my own journey and launched a blog in 2015. That became an additional um, source of income for me. And then in 2020, as we all know, COVID hit. Um, I was working pretty much only with restaurants at this time. And <laughs> all of them either closed or slashed their marketing budgets. Um, my boyfriend was working at very, very uh, critically acclaimed Sushi Kashiba at Pike Place Market at the time, had been in restaurants his entire life as well. And, you know, they closed, all the restaurants closed. And so 
I got a job opportunity in Walla Walla to come work for a small creative firm. And we, we could not afford the lifestyle we were living in downtown Seattle without, without very much income. Um, so we moved and that's kind of what, what brought me here. It's all right. So as always, I have questions after, uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was a people. super long answer. To okay. So, so here's, here's, here's my question. Here's our question. So if we were handicapping your story and you said you were driving West and you were, you had friends in Tacoma, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, Tacoma would not have made the cut in my opinion. <laughs> I grew up in Tacoma and I'm like, there's no way she's going to land and end up in Tacoma. And, and truthfully, you didn't, you ended up in Tacoma. So I, I, I did it, but um, I will tell you, it was really more about the timing of my friends. My best friend in San Francisco wasn't the right time. Um, I had a friend in Los Again, it was more about timing, like who could kind of take me. And yeah. to, to be to be honest with you at the time, leaving, I never having really spent much time on the West Coast, driving to Tacoma, I really thought that was Seattle. You know, I mean, and come on, if you're not from this, if you're not from this area, like, let's be real. They're 30 minutes away. The airport's right in the middle. You're, you're, you're pretty yeah. close. Well, they're not 30. They're only 30 minutes away about 3 a.m. to 3.15 a.m. nowadays. Right. Traffic that's, has gotten so. Yeah, I traffic is and, that's, and I grew up in Tacoma, so I can, I can pick, I can. Well, I, 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 I love Tacoma. And I want to say, I think that Tacoma gets a bad rap. You Like, I remember, you know, when I lived in Seattle, people would you just, you know, talk down on Tacoma. I'm like, you need to go to Alabama and then go to Tacoma. And then you'll think it's really nice because the museums are amazing. The downtown, the waterfront, there are some great, great restaurants in Tacoma. Um, so just all you Tacoma people out there, I give a shout out. I'm a big Tacoma fan. I I, I can always find a good restaurant. I love, I love the parks there. I love the waterfront. It, it really is a beautiful place. I think, and this is just my opinion. So if somebody's going to make a nasty comment in the comments, because I've gotten nasty comments because I talked down about Spokane. Um, I don't, I did one time make a comment about how as a kid and, and look at me, I'm older than dirt. So long, long time ago, covered <laughs> wagon to Spokane. Spokane wasn't a great place. And somebody just oh, got really persnickety with me that I said something disparaging about Spokane. I will say that in 2021, Spokane's a great place. I love going to Spokane. Mm-hmm. I left Seattle or I, well, I left the Tacoma area in 2017, mostly because of traffic. I just got God, tired of, yes. of the commute, but Tacoma, I think Tacoma actually plays up its little brother, redheaded stepchild reputation between Seattle because everything you just said, the parks are awesome. There's great restaurants. There's, um, there used to be a lot of music clubs there. I, COVID's changed a lot of things yeah, for every city. Of so as much as I as much as I pick on Tacoma, actually, it's it's got a special place in my heart. So then the other question. So, so what I was saying is handicapping. I would not have picked Tacoma out of San Francisco. <laughs> Tacoma. Sorry, what? Which one doesn't look like the others? In, in Tacoma? Are you a Crimson Tide fan? Oh, you know, of, of course, of course. Well, I went oh, to the University of Alabama for my undergraduate degree. Oh, my sister went to Alabama. My brother went to Alabama. Oh, um, most really? of my, no. hey, come on now. Like, <laughs> my dad says everybody hates the University of Alabama. Uh, everyone except half of the state of Alabama hates the University so, of Alabama. <laughs> so here's here's my question about the University of Alabama. And I, and I, Delicately, I'm going to phrase this. 
all I know about the University of Alabama is that they're running an NFL franchise disguised <laughs> as a college program. Well, what know. else is what else is the school? I don't know anything about, and I don't mean this disparaging, but what else is the University of Alabama good at? Because football's what gets the publicity. I, football elsewhere. is definitely king there. Um, we did have a very very tough loss to Texas A and M this past weekend. It was heartbreaking. My brother and dad just both texted me about how depressed they were the next day. Um, but the University of Alabama is one of the most beautiful college campuses you will ever see gorgeous old oak trees it is absolutely stunning they have been a fantastic communications uh program and they have a fantastic law program those are two okay. of the things that, that that they are also very well known but it is it is a great school definitely the football overshadows yeah. everything else but i definitely got a wonderful education there my sister got a degree in environmental a master's degree in environmental science there um okay. they have some really really great programs yeah and i just don't know i mean i all I know is what I see as a sports fan. You know, I they're like an NFL franchise. I mean, they they just are. I mean, half they their are. team ends up in the NFL every year. I mean, it's they, they just, are. It's a it's yeah. a it's a force. I mean, we. I'm telling you, if Nick Saban ran for governor of Alabama, he would he would win. <laughs> not, after, not after last week. God, that was let's not let's not let's not go into it. That was absolutely right. that was brutal, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> Come on now. I mean, come on. You have to understand that for everybody else but an Alabama fan, that I loss know. was amazing. I know. And that's what my boyfriend it's all oh, a glimmer of hope. Texas and Ann, that was such a great, you know, they those young kids, that was so great for them. I'm like, don't talk to me. I'm like, you don't know. Like, when you don't lose, it really hurts when you lose, okay? Right. Like, but. But you know, yeah. Anyway, all right. I know. I sound like, <laughs> I, yeah. That's My dad always said, too, that Alabama doesn't have a lot, but we have. We have pretty girls and the best football that that's okay. the university of you know at alabama okay um, that's so that's my dad for you <laughs> perfect so before we go before we start talking about washington state i'm going to break my rules we're going to i'm actually going to ask you a couple things about alabama um, okay. as far as food goes so and i'll tie it into washington okay what do you miss from home food wise here in washington what do I miss from home? You know, I mean, as far as, you know, obviously Southern cooking, I, you know, I miss the things that my mom would make. I miss my mom's fried chicken is definitely like probably the number one thing. Um, okay. There are some places doing some decent fried chicken in, in Washington state, but not a lot. I would definitely say Southern cuisine is lacking here. I miss grits. Um, no one here really does grits. Anytime I see grits on a menu, I'm definitely getting it. Um, I miss Waffle House. Do you know what Waffle House is? Only from the news where people get beat up or you no, know, it's, it's got kind of, it kind of got a bad give, reputation. Don't give Waffle House a bad rep. Okay. I, that shocked me when I moved to the West Coast. And I was like, I swear to God, I thought Waffle House was worldwide. Like, where do you go at two in the morning if you need cheese eggs and like, and, and cheese grits and toast and, and, and a stack of waffles? Like, and, and it'll cost you $8. Like, 
where where do you go? Like IHOP is not the same. Shari's or Sherry, that, that it is Sherry. not the same. Denny's is not the same. I am just, I, I am telling you, I have, I have had people drag me to that. Like, no, we can get grits here. Like, no, I, do not take me to a Denny's and get me these grits and tell me that it is on par with Waffle House because it is not. At a Waffle House, you sit down, it's all open, you see them cooking your food. And I mean, it is just, you know, you get your, your breakfast special and then it'll be like $4. I'm not exaggerating. So I, I didn't, I didn't see Waffle House coming out in this podcast interview, but just because you asked me, I will tell you that that was a big, that was a big shock. So, so let me, let me tell you my, not, now I can't compare this place to Waffle House. I don't mean it like that, but back in the day for late night, um, food up in Seattle was best cafe. Have you, have you ever been to best cafe? You know, I haven't, but I am familiar with it. I've, I've yeah, it was it. just, it was just this spot you would go and I will just leave it at that. Well, and you know that we used to have Ludi's in downtown Seattle, which was actually Filipino owned. Um, and they mm-hmm. did like some Ubi pancakes and things like that. But they also just, that, that was kind of like the closest I was getting. I don't, were they open? You know, they closed, they had a fire and closed before COVID actually. It was really actually very sad for the community. It was a really um, staple downtown. But I would I would say that that was like as close. They were open very late. I don't know if they were open. I can't remember if they were open 24 hours, but till two or three in the morning. Um, okay. And that, I would go there when I first moved to Seattle when I needed that kind of Waffle House-esque experience. But I miss that place. Right. I think a lot of other people do too. All right. So the last question about Alabama is how's the coffee in Alabama? Scott, you know, I I can't imagine that it is fantastic, but I will also tell you, I didn't really get into coffee until I moved to Washington State. Well, um, that is part of the requirement to, to be yeah. allowed to be a resident here. You have to be fluent in coffee. Okay. A- absolutely. So, but I, just judging on going back, you know, and I lived in, uh, I grew up in, in Montgomery. Actually, my parents lived about half an hour outside of Montgomery, but that's where we went to school. That's where my mom worked because um, I'm from a teeny tiny town without a stoplight. Um, and I will say that since now that I'm going back and have had a lot more experience in the food, coffee, hospitality industry, there are some cool, really cool, impressive coffee shops that have popped up. Not a lot, two or three in the, at least right. the Montgomery area, you know, the capital, um, gosh, and now I can't think of the, the, the name it's like escaping me, but like Cafe Luisa is an amazing bakery with good coffee in the Cloverdale area. Um, okay. there's, there's, um, another great coffee shop. Yeah. There's about three, at least in that area. And I would be willing to bet that there is some pretty decent coffee in Birmingham, which, mm-hmm. um, I have several cousins that live there and I haven't been there in a couple of years, but it is, it has really evolved that food scene and they've gotten a lot of tension nationally just from different chefs and restaurants in the last few years. So I think especially like the Birmingham area has, has really come a long way. And here I thought you were going to say waffle house had good coffee. Uh, You know, they have black coffee. I mean, I would drink it. (laughs) I don't know if I would drink it now. I need, I I haven't haven't been to a waffle house in a couple of years. It's it's been a minute. Maybe right. I need to start open a Waffle House and maybe I need to start the Walla Walla Waffle House. I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah. Next- Walla Walla Waffle House. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like Walla Walla would be a good place for Waffle House. I feel like that would fit the demographic here. People would love it. I, I think you're probably onto something. <laughs> so my job. That's what I'm doing. Now. There you go. We're done. <laughs> We've just 
we can you can hang this this episode on the wall as an inspiration <laughs> to your wall to your Waffle House journey. Okay. Well, let's just talk Walla Walla because I'll tell you what I think about Walla Walla. And so, four years ago, we moved from the Tacoma area over here to Wenatchee, and three years ago, I went to Walla Walla for probably the well, absolutely the first time as an adult, maybe as a young kid. So, I. I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I went to Walla Walla and um, wow. I best way I can describe it is like I told you on the phone. I mean, the one thing for me is Walla Walla seems a little isolated for me personally. That's just, that's just the one thing. But if I could take Walla Walla's downtown core and Mm -hmm. shove it into an Mm I think I would have perfection. Yeah. And so I really love um, what I've seen about Walla Walla, the people I've met, talked to, not, not terribly many, but you know, the, uh, the people I've met and talked to. So what, what was the motivation to go from S- Seattle? So you, you got offered a job in Walla Walla. So that was the motivation. So, yeah, but walk me through, you left Seattle's a big city, vibrant, on its good days, rainy, <laughs> the other 364 days Most of the year. Days. <laughs> um, lots of traffic. I mean, to me, lots of traffic, but a lot going on, a lot of cool things going on in Seattle. Absolutely. And so you left. So how much research did you do about Walla Walla before you you got in your car and drove east? Well, and I guess I didn't preface this by saying I had been to Walla Walla um, okay. at least two or three times before. So I think it was 2000. 16 or 17, I was brought over by a PR firm to uh, stay at the Marcus Whitman Hotel, who had just undergone a a renovation, and they toured us around the city. Um, And I think that was uh, a a project with the Marcus Whitman Hotel that the PR firm was representing. They brought several writers and influencers over from the Seattle area. I immediately loved it. The first time that I visited, I loved wine. There's a lot of good food here. Um, Then I got invited back by the Walla Walla Valley Wine Alliance in 2018 to write about a promotion that they were doing. So came back for a second visit again, just loved it. And then, then it was the summer, the summer of 2020, um, last year, we were coming, my boyfriend, Marcus and I came over for another project. We were working with uh, the Finch, which is a hotel downtown and Eritage, which is a resort about 12 to 15 minutes from downtown, both beautiful, beautiful properties, very different coming to write about them and work with uh, two different PR firms that we work with a lot. And while I was here, I had a friend that was, um, that has this, like I said, a small creative firm here. We went over to his house for, and this was COVID. So it was outside, you know, we're all mm-hmm. around the fireplace and grilling and stuff. And, um, he had a very, again, it's just a few people that worked with him, maybe two or three employees, not, not a big firm, but, um, mm-hmm. one of the girls was leaving and he was like, well, if you, you know, if you need a job, if you want to, you want to work for me, like, let me know. And we were driving back like the next day and we we're like, my boyfriend's like, we're not moving to Walla Walla. And then like within a week, we're like, do we want to move to Walla Walla? Um, <laughs> because I, again, I had always loved it. And I think for my boyfriend at first, he was like the same as you. It's like, it's isolated. And also it's like, there's not, we love being by the water. And so we are kind mm-hmm. of more in a desert climate almost. There is water around. There's little rivers and streams and stuff. And we've definitely found places that we enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. But just, as I said, we lived 
two blocks from Pike Place Market in the middle of downtown Seattle. If you have not been to Seattle lately, it is not the same city that it was two years ago. I mm-hmm. thought that I would buy a condo in perhaps the Belltown, Capitol Hill downtown area in the next, you know, you know, in the in the next few years. And Seattle would be like, that would be my forever home. That's what I thought. That's what I was on track to do. But with all of just 2020, with the I saw downtown get destroyed. I saw it burn during the protest, right? Like I'm like three blocks from my apartment. I saw mm-hmm. everything graffitied and shut shut down in in boarded up it from you know capitol hill to belltown to pioneer square I and mean, go walk around pioneer square it's still everything's still boarded up the the you know it's just it's it doesn't feel safe in that area the the feel of seattle has changed and we were paying just you know my apartment our one bedroom apartment in downtown seattle was twenty eight hundred dollars a month and you know it may be worth it to pay that to live downtown when you have the art museum the seattle art museum across the street when you have the symphony a block away all that stuff's mm-hmm. closed. All the restaurants are closed. You're paying so much to live in this place that you can't, you're not getting any of the benefits. You couldn't use the gym. If you, I'm paying $2,800 a month. I can't go to the gym. I can't use any of these amenities. You know, I can't, right. you know, I, you know, the market, thankfully Pike Place stayed open and kept me sane. Um, but so many things just closed and just really seeing the city just get torn apart. It, it broke my heart because I love Seattle. Um, and again, always thought I would be, ever since I got there, thought I would kind of be there forever. And, you know, who's to say I won't go back? We did buy a home here. So we're here for a while at least. Um, but on that note, we could have never bought a home in Seattle. You know, we were both making very good money. and But we could have never afforded to buy a home, you know, a house in the Seattle area. So, you know, my mortgage is $1,000 less a month than my apartment was here. And I'm living in a beautiful, you know, home that's eight years old. So, you know, there was many reasons just, you know, getting older and sick of throwing money away on rent and sick of paying for, you know, again, it was worth it to me to live downtown where I could walk to coffee, walk to the museums, things like that. But when you're just trapped in your apartment, you know, and you're downtown and it feels almost dangerous, like it just... It was a really sad sure. time and it's definitely it's definitely coming back and I'm so happy to see that things are reopening and every time I go back you know it's 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 a it's a little better and this that city has my heart um it's I always say that the city of Seattle it saved me from a really bad relationship that I was in I, it was just my solace when I when I when I moved there I fell in love with it um and it is a, it is a wonderful beautiful place and I'm I'm excited to see to see it just continue to, to rebuild. And I do, I do think it's going to um, course correct. I think, I think ultimately it will, it will course correct and, and things will, things will take care of itself. So you're in Walla Walla. Yes. And so I, I have a, you know, a schoolboy crush on Walla Walla. <laughs> uh, let's, call, let's call it that. You know, I, I mean, very enamored with Walla Walla. First off, let's talk about, we're going to talk about Walla Walla, but we're going to, we're going to, the, there's a really important question I have to know the answer to. Okay. And, and it's, it, it's, what's the best coffee in Walla Walla? Oh, well, that is a very easy one for me. I can tell you the best coffee is Cart Coffee, C-A-R-T-E Coffee. And it is, okay. um, it's a mobile coffee kind of food truck. Um, it's a, mm-hmm. a cutest little cart that, um, 
gosh, I don't know Josh's last name, but Josh is the owner. He is this young kid. He has got to be maybe 25. I believe he went to school here. You know, we have several, we have three different colleges in, in Walla Walla. And right. I am telling you, he makes coffee as good as you will find anywhere in Seattle. His, everything that he and his team do are amazing. And um, he just parks his, his little cart is right downtown on Spokane and Main Street, the corner of Spokane and Main Street. Um, he's there uh, right now. He's there Thursday through Monday. Um, his hours just changed for fall. And I'm telling you, I've never had coffee so good. Like I wake up in the mornings and I'm like, I need Josh coffee today to my boyfriend. I'm like, I the, like drip coffee will not do. Um, and okay. it's, it's, it's just a great, he like, I, I was telling you a little in our pre-interview, like you, you walk up, he knows your name. You stand there and you wait for your coffee. Every person that walks up, he knows them. He knows it's just, he's, he's so community focused. Um, and it's just such a, a fun, good person. And just really, I don't know how the coffee is that good. Um, I will say we, we, we do have another good coffee spot, the Walla Walla Roastery, which is out in the airport district. And they were my okay. go-to before I found, before I found Josh and he, they do roast their own beans there. And he actually uh, uses a lot of their, their coffee for his drip stuff and um and different things sometimes has them on espresso and things like that so he's a big fan okay. of theirs so they're they're also another good one but i will say that cart coffee is definitely my favorite but on that note you know it is a mobile uh, food truck right. type of thing so it's not like you can go sit down and, and you know work on your laptop for two hours and, and have a coffee like if you want to do that i would say you know go to the roastery or um okay. I hate to say the Starbucks downtown too. I will be honest, you know, it's not Seattle. Like we are limited with, there's not, mm -hmm. there's, there's mm -hmm. not 20 coffee shops in town, but, um, but yeah, those two cart, cart coffee or wall wall roastery are, are both fantastic. So one comment I made one time, I think probably the first or second time I went to Walla Walla. And, and as I had told you before, uh, whenever I stay in Walla Walla, I, I almost always stay at the Finch. I just, I found the Finch. I stumbled across the Finch. And it's just a, a comfortable place to stay close to town. I mean, it's, I can yeah. walk where I want to go. Uh, it's just a great spot to land for the evening. And as I was walking through downtown, the thought hit me was wine is to Walla Walla what coffee is to Seattle. And, and in other words, I don't think you could, if you could walk around the, the, the city of Walla Walla with a wine glass in your hand. I think that they have strategically figured out how many steps it would take you to complete drinking your glass of wine. And then immediately there is a wine, another place for you to get another glass of wine. Just like in Seattle, you can have a cup of coffee mm -hmm. and then just when you're finished, there's another coffee shop. So Walla Walla has done that with wine. Oh, absolutely. And I just, and I do my own podcast and I just had mm -hmm. um, the marketing director for the Walla Walla Valley wine Alliance on, and we were talking all things wine here. And I, I, I might not get the number exactly right, but I think that there are over 150 wineries in Walla Walla. And I think um, that she said that about 130 of them have actual tasting rooms that you can walk into. So, I mean, Walla Walla itself has 30,000. The collective two counties that really make up this area is 60,000 people. I mean, that's not very big. And we have, you know, 120 to 140 wineries that you can walk into and taste wine. Um, so yeah, there's definitely, I mean, if you walk downtown, I mean, 
forget about finishing your coffee or wine before you could, I mean, you step out and they're right next to each other. I, I'm not sure. I, there's gotta be at least 20 wineries in that tiny downtown corridor. if not more. If not more. And I think what I had read one time was like, there was 120 wineries. So the fact that it's still growing. Oh, it's growing so fast. And I mean, it's, it's been, it's been exponential. I mean, because I think that the wine boom really started here, like in the late nineties, early two thousands. And it's just, it's, it's grown so quickly. I wish I had those statistics for you, but if you, if you do the homework, it has been, it has been crazy just how, how much wineries have just blown up in this area, but it is, it's a great wine. It's a great, great growing region. It's a rich agricultural hub. Um, there's a great viticulture school here. So a lot of people come here to go to school to learn how to make wine. Which school is that? Can me interrupt you and say, what school is that? Is that, are you talking WSU? No, I'm or, talking about okay. the, there's a viticulture college in 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 Walla Walla. So it's a college there to is. learn. Yes. And so they teach you all about and I'm blanking. I don't know if it's just called the Walla Walla Viticulture School. If you just typed in Walla, if you just typed in Walla Walla Wine School, um, it would pop up. My brain is not working right now. But a lot of people come here to go to school. And from what I understand, the curriculum is, I think, two to two and a half years long. And the first half you learn all about grape growing and the, the science of it and the farming of the grapes, um, the weather patterns, you know, and then I think the last half of it is about actually the wine making, what goes into that, like the process, you know, the, you know, the chemicals, the things you put into it, the science behind it in that way. And then a lot of people, I think, fall in love with it when they come here to learn how to make wine. And, and I've had many winemakers um, in the area on my podcast, and I think all of them went to school here to learn how to make wine. Interesting. Very interesting. There's a, and as I told you, you know, before, um, my palate, I do not have a, a sophisticated palate for, for wine. I, it's not that I appreciate it, but I don't, I mean, I don't appreciate it. Cause like, I, I'm not nuanced. I, I'll either, you know, if you were to pour three glasses of wine and say, tell me which one you like, you might not like, you know, I might go, Oh yeah, that Franzi is pretty good. If I didn't know it's Franzi, you know, it's just, I, you know, I'm not the guy you want blind taste testing your, your high quality wines, but I will say I have, I have a, a friend down in um, Texas who not really a big wine place either, but he's, he's passionate about wine and he's passionate about Napa Valley. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I saw something online. I don't know, probably on Pinterest or something. I saw a t-shirt and I want to find this shirt. I've, I've scoured the t-shirt shops in Walla Walla. Nobody currently has it, but the the shirt that says Napa is for auto parts. Walla Walla is for wine. Oh my God. That's amazing. Absolutely, it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I think, I think, you know, Walla Walla, you know, I think from a marketing standpoint, I'm, I default to sarcastic. I just thought that was an amazing shirt. I must find one and send it to him just as a. Well, send one to me too. If you find one, because I, yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> I just thought it was awesome. And so, so I'm going to ask you to, to talk about wine in Walla Walla and I'm not going to have anything really to contribute. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what I do not hear, I'll tell you what I know about wine in Walla Walla. Um, the Bledsoe family has a winery and drew Bledsoe grew up in Walla Walla played football at WSU Mm -hmm. played for the new England Patriots in the NFL. 
Yes. There, I've exhausted my wine knowledge of all of that. And okay. all of it's football. That's, it's all football. It's all football related, but that, <laughs> but it's accurate. You, you got all that right. Yes, he does. He has um, a winery here. They have a tasting room downtown. I actually have, that's one of the ones I haven't visited. I'm a bit of a creature. Well, because you only got 100 to go I through. 150 I mean. to go through, right? I know. I, my boyfriend and I keep saying, like, we're just going to get an alphabetical list and we're just going to go. One a week, like we're not gonna, but we we have yeah, three our, years later. Yeah, yeah, you'll have say, more. You can literally we... do that for over two years, and 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 you wouldn't be done. Um, but yes, uh, the, the it's it's an incredible it's an incredible wine region. Um, so many wineries, and uh, we're very close to Oregon actually. So the Walla Walla Valley ABA actually includes part of uh, Oregon. So one of the wineries that I work with. Um, as a social media consultant, is uh, Roti Sellers, and they are in the Rocks District, which is a very special, um, like, sub-region of the Walla Walla AVA. It was, I don't know how many years ago, I'm not a scientist, I, I should know this, but it's, I don't know, let's say 10,000 years ago, there, it was a river there, there was a big flood, and it created just this very uh, unique environment where it is, it's just, it's like a two by two mile area or something. It's very, very small, but it's just covered with rocks. And um, it actually is very uh, similar to one of the wine growing regions of France. Uh, because at first people were like, you can't plant grapes there. It's rocky. It's, you know, vines are not going to grow. Well, uh, some, you know, and I can't think of his name, but someone came to Walla Walla and was like, this is like France. Like we should plant grapes here. And now the, the rocks district is one of the, the most special and one of the most interesting, unique, that's where people want to go. One of the top things they want to do when they come to Walla Walla is go to the rocks region. And there are only a few wineries out there and not too many wineries that are able to source grapes from that area. Because again, it is very small, but um, Roti Sellers, who I work with that I just kind of, I'll save you the long story, but I kind of just fell into working with them. I got very, very lucky and they are one of the most prestigious wineries in Washington state, um, definitely in Walla Walla. And they have a stunning tasting room out in the rocks region, overlooking the vineyards. It is absolutely beautiful. My boyfriend also works with them. So I'm out there a, a lot, several, several times a week. I always say he has the best office because he gets to go out there and just look out to the blue mountains and over the vineyard and it's just gorgeous this this very special area and it produces just like a very different kind of funky kind of wine um and i feel like i kind of trailed off from your question because instead of talking about the oh, wine no. region as a whole i i narrowed in on on the rocks region but it is a very it is a very special um it's, it's a very special small like i said sub-region of the walla walla ABA. so you you keep mentioning ava and for those of us like myself, I know that I know what I've seen is there's multiple AVAs around the state of Washington. And for the life of me, I have still yet to figure out what AVA means. An AVA is basically just a different wine growing region. And so I can't, okay. I cannot tell you actually how many there are in Washington. I know that we actually just designated a new one. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the past couple, and yeah, I, and I read about, it, I got the press release, but I can't tell you the name of it, but we've got like the red mountain AVA, we've got the Walla Walla AVA. Those are the two big ones that I think, um, mm -hmm. you know, if you go to like, uh, if you, if you go to, or, you know, there's, 
the, there's probably a hundred different ABA, just, just different wine growing regions. And they produce, you know, that's what affects the wine so much is, is the soil, is the climate, is the temperature, you know, if we get smoke, you know, things like that. And um, so they're just like different little areas that, that make up different wine regions. I, I, I hope that's a sophisticated enough answer. I'm not a wine expert either. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I know it's, and we'll, one of these days we'll get somebody, uh, we'll get a wine expert on and maybe they can tell us the technical. Uh, of yes. This. I yes. I, I could, I, I, I could definitely point you in the direction of some wine yeah, makers yeah. who are more knowledgeable than I am because I'm really just answering. I work kind of alongside these people, photographing mm-hmm. them, writing about them. And now that I have been through it an entire year living in Walla Walla, I have seen the process from beginning to end from harvesting the grapes to to pressing the grapes to aging the the wine to then bottling it and then aging that mm-hmm. if you're going to and then distributing it right now we are actually going through harvest um the very end right. of harvest harvest was very early this year because we had a very hot summer um mm-hmm. so basically everyone here in Walla Walla right now is very very tired because pretty much everyone is tied to the wine industry and harvest is like seven my boyfriend worked harvest last year with a different winery he was working seven days a week you know got a day off here and there you're working 12 hour days starting at seven in the morning you're working till five or six at night um Mm -hmm. but it's you know that's like that's the time it's about six weeks and it's just you know that's when all the fruit comes in um and gets pressed to to start making wine which is a really cool thing to see by the way (laughs) So you haven't visited every tasting room yet and maybe yet. in three to five years, yeah. we'll check back and see. Yeah. If we'll, we'll do a follow-up. Follow up. In your opinion, what I'm not going to ask you what winery you like the best, because that's an unfair statement to you, but what, what type of wine do you enjoy? Are you a, are you a big cab fan? Do you like, you know, box wine? Um, <laughs> They've got some I mean, good box wine out there. I will tell you, we, my boyfriend and I are not above box wine. You will see box wine in this house from time to time. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of great wine here. I will tell you, I am a huge sparkling wine fan. Sparkling wine okay. is my weakness. If I can be drinking sparkling wine, that is that is always what I want. And Okay. Very cool that right now a lot of wineries in this area and, and I think in the in the northwest and, and, and maybe just in general, people are just getting more excited about sparkling wine. A lot of natural sparkling wines are happening now, which is different from the like traditional champagne method. Um, which, you know, you cannot call something champagne unless it's made in the champagne region of France. However, you can make wine like that over here. You can make it the exact same way, but you just right. can't call it champagne. So it is sparkling right. wine. But we have seen this really big just um, explosion of pet gnats, which is a which is natural sparkling wine, um, Hmm. which is a different uh, a different way of doing it. And that that has really emerged in the last few years and gotten very popular. And a lot of wineries here are starting to do some of the traditional champagne methods, some, you know, natural wines. But it's definitely uh, been a trend here. And it's it's really fun for me to see more and more sparkling wines come come on the market um so yeah that's that's definitely my preference is is sparkling wine sparkling. after that i want to just be drinking a really like easy drinkable red wine i love pinot noir unfortunately this is not a good wine growing region for pinot noir the willamette valley um in oregon mm-hmm. is actually 
world-renowned as, as a fantastic Pinot, uh, Pinot Noir growing region. So if you're going to drink Pinot, you should probably get it from there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you like? Okay. So let's, let's go, I'll build a hypothetical scenario for you. It's Saturday evening. You're not celebrating anything special. It's Saturday evening. You guys are going to go out. Sparkling wine is what you're going to be drinking. What type of food do you want to pair it with? Let's let's go with that. And I'm at home. No, you're out. You're out in Walla Walla. Okay. Well, you know, you're out in Walla Walla. I, you know, I can drink sparkling wine with anything. Okay, first of all, but I w- I will say <laughs> that I I absolutely love. There is a French restaurant downtown called Brasserie Four. And it is probably my favorite restaurant in town right now. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have a few that I absolutely love. And it's just, that's, I, I love Raspberry Four. It's, it's, it's such a great, it's such a great spot. Um, and again, French. So obviously a lot of, you know, cremants and uh, champagnes on the menu. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I love to go there. They think it is a, I think it's a cremant rosé that they have uh, on the menu that we, it's kind of like, we're going there. We're, we're getting spark. We're getting a champagne, a cremant. That, that's what we're doing. We're getting French sparkling wine and we're getting cheese. And I usually get the Vichy Soie, which is a, like a potato leek soup, um, steak frites, what my boyfriend usually gets. But for me, it's like, give me the sparkling wine, give me the cheese plate, give me the charcuterie, give me the salad. I like just kind of all the, you know, put all your favorite things together. Um, but that's, okay. that is definitely, definitely, definitely a, a, a good one. <laughs> All right. So I'm on your, I'm on your blog right now and I'm looking at an article and I'm glad, well, I'm glad I had breakfast kind of right before we talked because otherwise I'd be kind of quite hungry right now. Well, thank you. But you've got three delicious experiences not to miss the last week of Walla Walla restaurant month, which was February, but yes. that will be coming up soon. We'll be coming up. That's the nice thing. That's the nice thing about restaurant month. It always comes, comes back. Yes. Right. And so I am enamored with this. I have two questions. Okay. The tasting menu at, is it Pasa Tempo? It is Pasa Tempo, yes. And- so I've driven by that place. And I'll be honest with you, from the curb, I just kind of went, hmm, okay, and just drove by. Just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not paying attention really. I'm just like, okay. Mm. And I'm looking at this, and this looks quite delicious. But before we go there, you are at the Marcus Whitman. And really what I need to know mm-hmm. There's a photograph of you with the dog. Yes. Is my, that your dog? That is my dog. That is my child. That is your dog. That is, that is okay. his name is Shiso, like the Shiso leaf. Like the Shiso. Okay. If you are familiar, most people do not know what Shiso I, is. Um, I do not. But to, so to tell everyone always asks us and everyone always thinks that he's a girl because his name is Shiso, but it's actually S-H-I-S-O. And Shiso is a, it is a, it is an herb used in cooking and cocktails that comes from Asia and it is very popular in Japan. And I traveled through Japan uh, by myself for three weeks in 2018. I worked with a very highly acclaimed Japanese chef for years in Seattle. And then my boyfriend worked with um, Shiro Kashiba at Sushi Kashiba, one of the best, you know, sushi restaurants in the country for years. And so we wanted to give a nod to our love for Japanese food and culture. But at the same time, we did not want to name him Sushi or Saki. So that's that's where his name comes from. That's my dog. You will see him a lot. His hashtag is Shiso the Great. He is 
He is the love of my life. <laughs> okay. I, my, I just my had to ask. Too. My boyfriend and him. I, I, had, I had to ask if this was an actor, you know, a stunt dog or, okay, so Does part he, of the family. He All looks right. like a model, though. Isn't he a beautiful dog? He does. We That's got why I was kind of like on. Yeah, we got him from the pound. I mean, adopt, don't wow. shop people. <laughs> awesome. All right. So let's go back up to this this restaurant here. And back up is me rolling up, scrolling <laughs> on the phone, folks. Patisa, pa, pasa tempo. Pasa tempo. And out. And then I, I apologize I, in advance. No, you got um, it. Pasa tempo. Looks, looks amazing. Tell us about that place. Um, It is amazing. And I, I will tell you that restaurant, you could drop that restaurant in Seattle or San Francisco, anywhere in the country, and it would be popular and trendy. It is so well done. Um, I think the first time I visited Walla Walla in 2017, it had recently opened. So I was very familiar with it. I'd been, I'd been to it several times before we moved here. That is probably the restaurant we go to the most. Um, it is definitely really? in my top three restaurants in Walla Walla. It's just outstanding. They make all their pastas by hand. Um, and you said like, perhaps it didn't draw you in from, from passing by, but I'm telling you, uh, Scott, you need to take to step foot in oh, that no. place. Cause it is. No, 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 no. I, I will. It's, it's, <laughs> I promise you I will. No, no. It's gorgeous. <laughs> um, it's so well done. The bar is yeah. stunning. It's so well designed. They, and when they um, when they when they opened and were conceptualizing it, they brought in Mike Easton to consult. Now, Mike Easton is a very famous chef from the Seattle area who had the beloved El Corvo in um, Pioneer Square for many, many years, highly awarded and acclaimed, sadly closed during COVID. But it, just a, an outstanding, very, very popular restaurant. He also has El Nido in West Seattle, wildly popular and critically acclaimed as well. So they brought him over right. to consult. Uh, Jim German consulted on the bar program. Jim is uh, like a famous bartender in, in Washington State. He worked all over Pike Place Market, Cafe Campania, El Bistro. Um, he is he actually our paths didn't cross in Seattle because I believe he moved from Seattle the year I moved to Seattle. So now we know each other, but I'm just telling you, they pulled in the right people. They did it right. Their food is absolutely, that's where I went for my birthday last month. You know, it was, you know, so okay. we're going to go to Pasa Tempo. We're going to go to Brasserie 4, or are we going to go to Hathaway's or, or Saffron? And those are kind of, those are, those, those are kind are the, of my go, go to dinner spots. I, I also love T-Max, but for me, it's kind of, I don't know why that's kind of like my lunch spot. I, 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 I just, I absolutely love it, it, it as well. But I, I think I, I said well, this to you in the pre-interview, but we have, I feel a disproportionate amount of good food here for the size town that we are. Oh, absolutely. No, no. See, that's why I want to take your downtown core and, and bolt it into my downtown core yes. because Wenatchee's improving. Don't, no disrespect to Wenatchee, but we don't have the choices that you have within, you know, a walking distance in, in, in Walla Walla. So since, you know, eat, drink, travel, y'all, we've talked about travel. We've talked about eating and drinking. So let's just keep going there. How about, well, let's go breakfast. Okay. What's, what's Walla Walla got going for it for breakfast? Or what's your, what's, what do you think about Seattle breakfast? We can talk about both because they're both Washington state. Well, you know, let's, let's start with Walla Walla. I will say that we're, um, you know, I would say that we don't have a ton of options, but we definitely had some good ones. Uh, bacon and eggs is a very popular spot downtown. Um, Maple counter is also wildly popular and is probably my favorite breakfast spot in town or, 
yeah, it's probably my favorite breakfast spot in town. It's, it's, it's really well done. So what are you going to order if you're there? I mean, you have to, it's maple counter. So you have to get pancakes, right? Like, they See, do, okay. not a pan. I usually am not a sweets person for breakfast. I will tell you, I definitely want savory in the morning, but usually when I go there, I have to get a little small stack of pancakes. And then I'm telling you, this place just stays packed and the owners, and I'm so sorry, I'm forgetting their names. They also own an incredible ice cream shop in town that just opened last year, right after I moved here. It's called Pinecone Creamery. They do like 20 to 30 different flavors of ice cream. They wrote, they do different things every month. They always have three different, I think three different vegan ice creams on the menu and they are good. Not that I'm a vegan, but I just, you know, for to, just right. to taste it, I had to I'm telling you, it is again, Pinecone Creamery. It is so cute and well done. Um, that's a young couple, you know, family owned, family run, just, you know, you feel mm -hmm. good about supporting them. So if you're looking for right. ice cream, that's a great spot to go to. <laughs> Yeah. So the reason the reason you were saying pancakes, though, I kind of went is <laughs> I, I I may be I may be one of a very very infinitesimal small slice of the population that's not a big fan of maple syrup. Oh, just just leaves me. Uh, it just doesn't. Yeah, I just it's yeah. And then the other thing is is pumpkin. I just can't do any anything pumpkin. So. Um, <laughs> Not your time so, of year, is it? <laughs> no, it's really not. See, that's kind of the, the yeah. This is you know, you guys are all excited. Oh, it's fall, and I'm like, oh, it's fall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. I actually love fall. And I do too. So I I tend to pancakes. You know, if I'm gonna do pancakes, they're almost gonna be dry. I'm just not gonna put maple syrup on. It just doesn't work for me. That's kind of my thing there. Well, they're not gonna be good. But ice cream for breakfast. Yeah. Ice cream for breakfast now. Are they open at breakfast time? Because I, I could do ice cream for breakfast. You don't look at, like this. You no, know, I. <laughs> for breakfast too um especially there exactly i think they open at noon but they uh, 11 okay. or 12 so they're not open in the morning but they are open pretty late i know during the summer i think they're open until 10 or 11 o'clock um again awesome. they're very popular they do pints um yeah it's it's really good i have to be i have to be careful going there coming home with with so much ice cream and you just tear through it it's 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 again it is just it's really really well done and just oh. the sweetest couple that owns it and i remember chatting with the with the with the husband um right after they opened i did i wrote something about it and he was i was like so what like the like you just always made ice cream he was like well i just wanted to so i just took this like ice cream class last year and i just and i'm like and i ring this like it just it's it's amazing it's just he he knocked it out of the park so um really happy that we have them here and all while feeding us breakfast and ice cream Perfect. Well, then how about since they're open at noon, that transitions nicely into lunch. So if if we're not going to have ice cream for lunch, which makes me sad. But OK, <laughs> um, what's what, what do you got to say about lunch in the Walla Walla area? Yeah, so um, I'll start. I, I mentioned T-Max earlier as my favorite lunch mm -hmm. spot, and it, it definitely is. This is if you want to have a more kind of like real dining experience and you're not in a hurry. It is a beautiful restaurant. They also do fantastic dinner, by the way. But I just I don't know. It's kind of my lunch spot. Um, you like them for lunch. I love okay. them for lunch. They have a great wine list. They have a beautiful menu. They have a fantastic chef. The owner, Tom Macaroni, is just I had him on my podcast about a month ago. He has done so much to contribute to the community. Um, his, you know, his chef is also his partner and has been with him for many, many years. It's just, 
it's just really well done. They're they're actually one of the few restaurants that I know after sitting down with Tom recently that are not experiencing staffing problems right now. And that's just an attribute to the environment, how well it's run. People want to be there and work there. Uh, but the food is just is just wonderful. And they have and I'm sure they're about to take this off the menu because I know it was a summery dish. It may already be off the menu, but for, for summer and leading into fall, they had this ahi tuna with um, plantains, an avocado, and a mango salsa. And I'm telling you, I went there to get that for lunch at least 10 times. It was, it's, mm. it's, oh my God, it just, it's so good. Light, but, but very satisfying. So they've also got great pastas, salads. Um, it's wonderful. Like I said, it is a little fancier of an experience. It's not a place you want to go if you have 20 minutes for lunch. Um, mm -hmm. I would also say, you know, downtown Walla Walla, uh, did a fantastic job of starting to close off parking and having outdoor seating for restaurants. They did a way better job in Seattle. Um, Walla Walla jumped on that like right at the beginning, maybe one of the first in the state. And uh, the downtown area, First Avenue has been like a block of it is now completely, it's not, you cannot park there. They're going to make it a permanent no parking place. It's just, that's, that's going to be permanent. It's, okay. it's going to be permanent. And it's just, um, you've okay. seen it. It's, 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 mm -hmm. it's, and it's just that little area is kind of lined uh, with food, like little food shops, a couple of gift shops, mm -hmm. um, coffee shops, things like that. And there's a lot of fun little restaurants right there. And then you can go eat in the plaza. There's a, there's a hot dog window called Wiener and Bun. <laughs> um, and they, I think they're open four or five days a week. So you can go order your hot, they have like, they must have like 20 to 30 different kinds of hot dogs. And they're like really interesting. Like, I mean, I just like a basic hot dog with like mustard and ketchup. Okay. I'm not like super complex and like mm -hmm. my hot dogs are my pizza. I want pepperoni pizza. I want a, I want a hot dog with mustard and ketchup, but they do all these really interesting things. I remember they had like a Japanese influenced hot dog and it had like perkaki on it. And just, it was, it, it, it was so interesting. I, I had to try it. Um, but yeah, you can go, you can go get your hot dog. There's a great little pizza spot called Sweet Basil. Um, there's a Greek place that I love called Yama's. Uh, I've eaten there many, many times, um, too. They're fantastic. And you can just, any of those little spots right there would be super fun to just grab your food and just sit outside, especially this time of year, all the trees down there, the, the leaves are changing. It's beautiful. Absolutely. No. Yeah, Walla Walla is fun, isn't it? Yeah, it, we could we could go on and on and on about. Yeah, it, it's just it's disproportionate. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much going on in this small town. Yeah, and I think we attribute that really to the wine community, and I do. I definitely think that's why we have so many good restaurants here because I think people that make wine and people that love wine love good food. But not just that. See, one of the things you you haven't brought up which and you haven't lived in walla walla all that long i'm obviously much older than you but before walla walla was known for wine the walla walla sweet onion was kind of the calling card of walla walla right, right yeah and just and the fact that you're they have a baseball team in walla walla and i love sports baseball is my favorite sport the walla walla sweets baseball team sweet. but their mascot's called sweet lou mm -hmm. which is an homage to both the onion and Lou Pinella, who was the manager of the Mariners during their most successful time in their pathetic existence. <laughs> okay. I didn't, I didn't know that you're teaching me. Something. Yeah. So I, I just thought, you know, any, any team and that's my, I'm telling you is sweet Lou is the homage of those two things. I know it's the onion. Cause I have one of their hats somewhere around here. And anyway, anyway, I, 
I love the fact that Walla Walla, like Wenatchee, they both have teams that are both in the same league. Our Wenatchee's team is the Apple Sox. <laughs> where our, our thing, what we're known for here is apples. And you guys have the onion. And I just think what Walla Walla is doing is. No, okay. Have you been to Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco? Yes. Okay. I've been there. I haven't been there in a number of years, maybe 10 years. Yeah, it's been three or four years for me as well. It's exceptionally touristy. It is. Okay. Pike Place Market's borders on that to me. On being, it just, it's not, but it, I can see how it could go that way. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, I would say the Fisherman's Wharf is definitely more on the touristy side than Pike Place Market. But Walla Walla is a tourist destination now. Mm hmm. But it doesn't, to me, it does not feel touristy. It doesn't, it hasn't, and I don't think it's going to tip that way. I think because it's an agricultural community. Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, no pun intended, it's rooted. Um, Or maybe I'll pun intended. Um, You know, it's, it's got its roots. It's, it's an ag community. It has other, you know, the other large employer there. Um which seems a little disheartening, you know, the, the penitentiary. Um, yes, we do have one of those. <laughs> yes. I mean, you do. I mean, but I just think Walla Walla has got a lot going for it. I really, I really, really do. And I'm kind of jealous that you're, 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 you're living your best life there from that as the home base, but that's not all you do. So, I mean, on your website, I mean, I'm looking and you, you've got a blog, you got your podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit, why don't we just transition to you, let's talk about you for a second. Um, how can people find out more about you? What is it you're doing? Where is it you want to go with what you're doing? Why don't you tell us some of that? Yeah. Um, well, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at, at Steph Horror. Um, I, my Facebook and my website are Eat, Drink, Travel, Y'all. That's also the name of my podcast, which can be downloaded anywhere from any streaming Anywhere you can stream a podcast, you can you can download that. We've done we just recorded the twenty fourth one. I just started this year, um, nice. so I'm I'm in as many places as I can be. Um, bandwidth only goes so far. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I kind of it's always so hard for me when people ask me what I do because. It depends on what day of the week it is or what month it is. I'm doing a big project right now that I'm wrapping up with Facebook and Instagram was one of the influencers that they selected to uh, help promote the basically promote reels on Instagram, helping to integrate that more into um, the Instagram experience. I'm about to to wrap up a three month project with them. I am working with um, a few wineries on a retainer basis as their social media manager. Um, So Mm -hmm. social media managing and consulting was really how I got started and is still a good portion of my income. Um, I also do, I do writing, um, I've written for the Walla Walla Wine Alliance. I've written for the Washington State Wine Commission. I've written blogs for Alaska Airlines. Um, and then of course, write for myself as well as other, you know, one-off contracts that I've, that I've done different things for guest blogging and writing and things like that. Um, I do photography sessions. If, if someone needs that, I don't consider myself, you know, I do consider myself a photographer, but that's definitely not my primary source of income. It's kind of a tool that I, that I use. And I do think that, you know, my photography has definitely come a long way and completely self-taught. Um, 
And yeah, I, I don't know exactly, you know, what my goal is because I feel like it changes every day as new opportunities present themselves. We're in kind of an ever changing world with, with social media and it's, it's, it's evolving. And you know, I have opportunities today that I couldn't even imagine two years ago. And, and this, you know, five years ago, um, I do know that I love food. I love wine. I love the hospitality industry. I love uh, telling the stories of the individuals in the hospitality industry. I love uh, being in a kitchen with my camera or a winery with my camera. I love sitting down with a winemaker, a chef, a restaurateur, a food marketer, anyone that's in you know the hospitality industry, learning about them and what they do and, and sharing that. And I just fell in love with food when I was maybe 18 years old. And it all stemmed from wanting to cook healthy meals at home for me and my boyfriend at the time when I was in college and mm -hmm. quickly learned it just kind of mushroomed the healthy food was a little boring. I, I actually do. I, <laughs> I, and you wouldn't know from my Instagram, but I actually am fairly healthy. I eat a very high plant-based diet, but I also indulge a lot. Um, but that's where my love for food started. And then I just got really into food television. Never thought that I would be somewhere where you know, I worked with chefs that were, you know, on, on top chef and, and been to the, you know, been to some of the best restaurants in, in the world. And, you know, I, the, God, getting to live by Pike Place Market, like I never, I never dreamed, you know, 10 years ago in Alabama that I could be having experiences like this. So, you know, I, it is a, I, I feel like my, my goals are definitely evolving. Um, but, you know, at this time, just continuing to, you know, to work on being a social media manager and continuing to um, expand my presence online so that, you know, mm -hmm. my website and my social media can, you know, generate more and more income for me. I'm really trying to get more into like merchandising and affiliate linking right now to, you know, create some more kind of income that's, um, you know, kind of passive that I'm not having to, you know, you do mm -hmm. actual work, you set up and it kind of goes. So that's, that's one thing I'm, I'm working on more right now, but, um, you know, any kind of social media consulting or content creation building, I work with a lot of food brands, a lot of wine brands, and that's probably the bulk of my income right now mm -hmm. is, is, is sharing different, different brands online. And then, you know, obviously the social media consulting, but, but we'll see, I know that, you know, I'd, I'd love to be writing for food and wine one day, you know, I, you know, perhaps that's in the cards, you know, you know, may, maybe it's, maybe it's not. Um, but there's, I think there's a number of, of directions I could go. And I will say, I definitely, I definitely like being a freelance person. When I did move to Walla Walla, I did briefly, you know, take a job here with another person uh, for a small firm. It was not for me. Um, I like setting my own schedule. I like having creative control over what I'm doing. I like being very hands-on with my clients and I am very hands-on. So um, I feel, I, I, I don't want to say I feel like I'm on vacation every day, but I really do. I feel like since I left Alabama that I've never really had a real job yet. I've, I've, you know, made more money. I every year made much more money than I was at my at my desk jobs in Alabama. Sure. So I've definitely, you know, had some some success. Big setback in COVID, but things have come back really well. So I'm, I am just really, I, I feel very, very fortunate, and I have worked very hard to be able to just work around, you know, the passions that I love. That's that's awesome. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Okay. You didn't know this was coming. This is putting you on the spot. Okay. How much have you traveled around the state of Washington? I would say Quite a bit? pretty extensively. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot. One, tell us one off the beaten path 
place that you've stumbled across, you know, whatever, uh, however you found it, it's irrelevant. Share with us one. Uh, okay. I jokingly say when people ask me, well, what do you guys do? I said, well, we, we talk about Washington state and we're kind of off the beaten path. For example, you'll probably never see us create content about the space needle or the Seattle pike place market because it's been done been so done. much. What, what can we really add to add to that? That's a value. I do have a goal and I'll put this out there is that if anybody knows if there's anybody still alive that was working on the actual construction of the space needle, I think that'd be a fascinating conversation to have. What was it like to be building that iconic building? But think about it. That was built in 61 and 62, um, 60 years ago. They, you know, the youngest somebody would be is 80. Yeah. So, okay. So the pool is probably shrinking. Yeah. But, so we we talk about things that are slightly, I mean, Walla Walla is slightly off the beaten path, okay? Mm-hmm. Dayton is a great little town. Yeah. I like Dayton. Mm-hmm. Dayton's kind of cool. Even further off the beaten path. Share something with us that you've found in Washington State. Well, you have put me on the spot, and I have yep. had the pleasure of working with many small tourism bureaus in the Pacific Northwest um, as being an upcoming influencer in the past few years. Um, I would have to say off the top of my head um, that it's definitely going to be the Skagit Valley for me. And I don't know how familiar you are with the Skagit Valley. That is still pretty close to Seattle, but we are looking at about an hour to an hour and a half North, depending on where you're going. Um, But Mm -hmm. it is another like Walla Walla. It is a very rich agricultural hub, but being on the uh, West side of the state and on the water, it's a very different and very similar to Seattle and the weather patterns, but just, that's where so that, that's where all the tulips come from. That's where the tulip, you know, that's where they have the tulip festival mm-hmm. every year. That's they grow yep. everything there. And there are so many small little gems of towns there, like Edison, like Bo, mm-hmm. uh, like LaConnor. I was in the San Juan Islands last week or a week and a half ago and you know, can't say the San Juans because everybody wants right. to go there. Everybody, but yeah. we were on our way back from the San Juans and I was like, we're stopping in LaConnor. We're going to Nell Thorne. That is this outstanding restaurant that I had never heard of until I was working with the Skagit Valley Tourism Bureau a, a year or so ago. They sent me there. I fell in love with it. It is a hyper local restaurant. I believe they told me they source like 90% of their everything that they're doing within 15 miles of the restaurant because they're right wow. there. They're, the the yeah. water's right. You know, you're right there on the water. All those farms, they're growing everything. Um, and it is just, oh my gosh, everything there was was wonderful. And there are all these little gems like that in that little Skagit Valley area, which is kind of just like a collection of small towns around, you know, you go from like LeConnor, Edison, Bo, like up to, you know, like Chuckanut Drive where Taylor Shellfish is in that northern location. Yep. That's part of that. It's all that area and all these little towns. And I started working with the Skagit Valley Tourism Bureau um, during COVID, during the summer of COVID in 2020, they wanted to promote the farms there we're all starting to do farm stands so that you could go and actually shop there because they couldn't you know people weren't going out they didn't have restaurants to sell to the farms were struggling as you know the restaurant industry was struggling but 
they kind of had this big like transference and people started doing their shopping at these stands. And so I wrote this, I, I wrote a blog about it last year. I wrote something about it this summer about, uh, I called it, I think I called it farm, farm hopping is, is, is better than bar hopping or something like that. That was, <laughs> that was the takeaway that the, 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 the okay. farm, farm hopping was the new like summer activity, but for someone that loves food, you'll go, you know, like there's like a, a, there's a cheese, you know, you can go where they, you know, have a goat farm and you can buy the, the goat cheeses and like the fetas and just, uh, then you can go, you know, you go a little farther and, you know, there may be an apple farm, you go a little, a little farther. Um, there's just, you know, they have huge farms like shoe farm out there that they're doing everything. Just everything grows out there. If you love food, I mean, and for me, like I do love to cook. But I, mm -hmm. I love to just go, I love to eat simply. I love to have good cheese, good honey, like good, good herbs. Like I love to help mm -hmm. put dishes together with my boyfriend and being able to go to a source, which is another reason that I love Walla Walla so much because we're also a big agricultural hub. Um, but the Skagit Valley is just, and, and we've often talked about this, my boyfriend and I, I would hope that perhaps that may be, you know, down the road where we end up because it is, it is very, very special. And now I feel like I've given my secret away and I want to take my answer back. <laughs> I've never heard of the schedule. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> no. And that is, that is a, a great, a great area of the state too. So um, I appreciate you sharing. Was that, that off the beaten path enough? I don't know if it's, it, it was for me. Well, so here's the thing. When, when I think of the schedule Valley, LaConnor's pops to mind because LaConnor's been um, for a long time. LaConnor's been a, kind of a little destination to go to small little, like let's run up there for the day type thing. Mm -hmm. You said Edison. Nobody says Edison. Bo. Yeah. We hear about Bo chucking a drive. Yes. But you didn't say Mount Vernon. So yes, you were talking off the beaten path. So yes, you were fine. You didn't say go to the Burlington mall. You didn't. <laughs> Vernon is nice say, too. There's some great. You didn't say. There. You didn't say you like to go to the Skagit Valley to go through the McDonald's and get a number one combo. <laughs> so yes, you were off the beaten path. It was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. Well, I. So, it is a very special place, and like those, yeah. those are really small. Again, small towns, but they have. I, I'm just. I'm shocked at the cool places that I've that I found there. And I could never name them all, but I do, as I said, I have multiple blogs on the Skagit Valley. If you cruise my website, um, I, I'm writing about them every few months because I work with their tourism bureau a lot and it is one of my favorite things to work on. And and we'll put a link to your blog in in the show notes for all of this as well. So I'm just gonna say thank you so much for making the time today to to sit down and chat. Did I what did I not ask that I should have asked? I mean I you know, this is your show, Scott. I think, I mean, I, I could talk all day, <laughs> especially about, I. I mean, about yeah. food, about Washington state, a place that I love so much. Um, you know, we could talk more about Seattle. We could definitely talk more about Walla Walla, but I feel like we hit, we hit all the high points. I hope that I hope I didn't ramble on too much. I know you asked me a question. I go off for 20 minutes because I, I'm, I am a little bit of a talker. <laughs> That's all good. It was a lot of fun. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.